it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is a, it's a sciencey kind of conversation, but it's one that sort of makes us take a look at what we do and where we put our priorities because we talk about space exploration here on the show quite a bit, right? Uh, fascinating stuff. You know I love it. Um, and in light of the Titan submersible tragedy this summer, we talked about deep sea exploration a lot too. And there are some parallels there to be sure. It's kind of interesting the way they, some of the things are very, very similar. But it remains a fact that just 1% of the deep ocean on Earth has been explored. 1%. It's right here on Earth, but we spend all this time, all this money, and all this effort to explore space, not nearly the same level as we do the ocean. And why do we do that? Why do we make that choice? We're going to have that conversation with Laura Trethewey, who is the author of The Deepest Map, The High Stakes Race to Chart the World's Oceans, and The Imperiled Ocean, Human Stories from a Changing Sea. Uh, Laura, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate you joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. When you take a look at you know space exploration versus deep sea exploration, there really are a lot of parallels, right? I mean, in a lot of ways, it's, it's very similar work that has to be done. Yeah, absolutely. In two frontiers, they're really the same in a lot of ways. We uh, use some of the same equipment, the same gear. Um, When we go and explore the deep sea, we have to think about uh, the pressure, the salt water, these really extreme conditions. And when we go into space, we've got to do the same. So, so yeah, lots of overlap. So the technology is just to survive obviously matches but the other thing that's very similar is is that takes money a whole lot of money yes there's also a lot of overlaps and you know who gets to explore these places uh typically you know it's been it's been the uh it's been the military but recently uh as kind of gotten more sort of one center than elites who want to go up into the deep into space or into the deep sea then we're seeing you know multimillionaires and billionaires yeah. uh, investing into this technology as well um, sometimes we're good sometimes not so good um, and, and one other similarity of course is it's always the search for life right that's what we're doing we're searching for new life or life at period I mean it, that's oh, they've got sort of the same mission at the at their core I guess yeah, exactly. We're looking for aliens in the deep sea, and yeah. we're looking for aliens in outer space. Um, sometimes, you know, NASA and fund exploration. They fund exploration in the deep sea, and they look for bacterias and all kinds of small organisms that they might also be able to send out on like intergalactic journeys because they might be able to survive those same harsh conditions. And then we're on on the search for aliens in outer space as well. So yeah, we have that same hunt, that same overlap there too. Deep sea exploration is something obviously that you're interested in. Have you had an opportunity to do it though? Like we know it's extremely expensive (laughs) and out of reach for most people. How close have you got to it? Yeah, that's a really good question. While I was writing this book, I tried my hardest to get on a submersible. And I 
you know, they were just charging hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I get on, on board any of them or, you know, I just wasn't famous enough, I guess. <laughs> and um, so I never really got that, that submersible ride. But I came pretty close to, to the deep sea. I went out on an uh, expedition for nine days. And we went uh, trawling in the Santa Barbara Basin off California with an ROV, a remotely operated vehicle. We pulled up some really cool stuff, but I never got into that submersible ride myself. If anybody wants to give me that, that submersible ride, I'm still available. <laughs> you do it? Even after what we saw with the Titan submersible, you're still on board? I am. I would get into that claustrophobic little uh, sphere, and I would go down for sure. I still wow. trust technology. The Titan was, uh, you know, an, out, an outlier, I would say, in what they were doing. As long as that sub is certified, I, I'm getting on board, and I'm, I want to go see what's down there with my own eyes, for what's, sure. Is that what it is, just to see? Like, what's the draw? I guess we'll, we'll compare it to what's the draw for space in a second, but for you personally, what's, what, what's the draw? What, why do you need to see it? Yeah, that's such a great question. I mean, I, I can't really explain it. I think I want to go through the sensory experience. Like, I want to be in the claustrophobic space. I want to get a sense of, you know, the, the fear and the danger and, and also kind of get close to that edge. Yeah. And also when you get down there, I think I just want to see the blackest, darkest space in, uh, on Earth. And I want to get down into those deep places that no one has ever seen. So, um you know, it's just, as long as it's, you know, a relatively safe, submersible, there's a lot of people out there doing this work right now, and there's never never been any major accidents besides the Titan. True. So I think I'd still take that chance just to, to go see this, this otherworldly space right here on Earth. It's another planet, really. It is. It is. And it's just as unexplored as space is. There's no question. You might probably have a better chance of getting to space because it seems like we're, we're having those flights quite regularly now where people... Why is that? Why, why is space seem to have more attention, more focus, and, and more people actually visiting it. What's the difference? It seems like it would be harder. Yeah, you know, I that was a big key question in my book. Like, why are we drawn to space more than we are the deep sea? Why are we pouring billions into these exploring faraway planets that really have no impact on our daily life? But the ocean, we don't really explore as much, and we don't put in a fresh investment as we do outer space. So I don't know. I think that we like we like rocket liftoffs. We like looking at pictures of Mars. Perhaps it's because we can see the moon and stars above us, mm -hmm. but we can't see the bottom of the ocean. And there's you know there's something dreamy and magical about picturing building a perfect society on Mars <laughs> and escaping all the the problems we have down on Earth. There's something kind of um, relatable or that draws in humans, and I think going to the deep sea is more difficult and it's more scary for people. It's kind of where hell and nightmarish kind of scenarios play out like the Titan. So I just, I don't think it has the same kind of draw, that same kind of magical pull that, that outer space has. You're right, and, and that word's scary. And you're absolutely right. I don't know why, because going to space should scare the hell out of you. It's very, very dangerous. But for me, it doesn't have the scary component that going to the bottom of the deep sea does. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense rationally. I know. I, you know, I think maybe one thing it might be, and I kind of tease this idea in my 
is maybe it's because in outer space we can see what's going yeah, on. We're yeah. very visual creatures. We sure. like to see what's happening. Deep sea, we can't see very far. It's it's very claustrophobic. You might be able to only see a few meters ahead of you. I think that's quite scary for humans. We like to see what's going on. No, that's a very, very good point. You're absolutely right. What are we missing out on, though? Uh, you know, th- Your book is called The High Stakes Race to Chart the World's Oceans. We don't really know what's at the bottom of the deep ocean. What are we mi- potentially missing out on? Yeah, so there's a lot of interesting explorations going on. I was on a cruise, uh, as I mentioned, up the coast of California, and we were looking at these organisms and bacteria that can survive without oxygen and really extreme conditions for months at a time. So aliens, essentially. And um, we're discovering a lot of volcanoes and canyons and trenches. Only 25% of the deep sea has been mapped, so tons of features and creatures to name. There's human history to uncover. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. And so, uh, and then in terms of practical terms, I mean, climate change is impacted by the shape of the seafloor, currents change, how the ocean heats up. That's all going to be impacted by the shape of the seafloor. And also, I mean, one of the greatest mysteries of all time is still down there. Humans, uh, you know, the original origin of life started at a crack in the seafloor, probably at a hydrothermal vent. And so we still don't know where that happened or how that happened, but that mystery is still there. Yeah, lots to be discovered. Laura, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you being here. Oh, no, thank you for, for talking to me about the deepest map. I appreciate that. That's interesting stuff. Thank you.